Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 131 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode The Last Campfire Review. I have just finished the game, but I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, let me know what you think of the show, give me comments, reviews, things like that, what I can do to improve, or you can write me an email at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, or you can go to the iTunes, Apple podcast app, or the Google Play Store, subscribe to the show, leave me the likes, the stars, the things like that. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe. So go there to give me all your review feedback and stuff like that. Again, what you think of the show and things like that. Um, yeah, um, I was working on The Last Campfire. Uh, it seemed like most of the playthroughs that I saw online uh, when I was like kind of planning this episode out. So that it would take like four or five hours to beat the game. Uh, my final game clock was set at nine hours and 20 minutes. So you can tell that I am not that great at the game. I'm kidding. I'm okay at the game, but I am, um, you know, I am, um, how should I put this? I guess I'm bad at games. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know if I'm that bad at games. But uh, this has took me longer than I thought because I was actually trying to go for a lot of the collectibles and stuff in the game and try to find uh, everything I could, but there was some stuff that I did miss. Um, but I did get all of the creatures. Basically, uh, to give you a setup for this game, it is like a 3D puzzle game, which I guess there was three members within Hello Games. This is developed by Hello Games. It came out on August 27, 2020. It was released on Switch, PC, um, PS4, uh, Xbox, and it appears phones. But I think that came later. I can't really uh, verify that. I know I'm playing on Apple Arcade. Um, but basically, uh, it was developed by three people in Hello Games. Hello Games is the same company that brought you No Man's Sky uh, that had a massive turnaround, a big space sim. Anyway, it was developed by three people in, inside the company, um, and they really based it on storybooks from what I could read, um, and it really feels like that. The voice talent is there's two men that basically just make up a gibberish language when you're talking to these creatures. If you can imagine a really shrunk down pill with the burlap sap on it, that's pretty much what you're playing as. Your name is Ember. You basically get separated from everybody. You're going down the river. And your um, tribe, clan, society of people is going towards this really well-lit blue campfire. And they kind of allude to it being death. You know, that they they are moving on. Um, You get separated from uh, your group down this river. And so what you do is basically set out to try to write the situation and um, complete puzzles and things in the world. You keep unlocking new areas. There is a campfire near every area with a spirit that talks to you um, that says, we'll give you hints on where to go to find other people that were like you, the forlorn that turned to stone. When you encounter one of your kin, tribesmen, clansmen, people, uh, it basically zooms in and opens up a puzzle box you basically have to find their ember their spark uh complete a puzzle you grab the spark when you do that it zooms out and you give them their spark they uh wake up from their slumber they were stoned then they turn into a back to a living breathing thing and they go wait by the campfire now in every level there's about eight or nine of them to find a few of them are optional um i actually ended up finding all of them uh, and it was really good feeling. Um, there is a narrator uh, reading every voice. You basically speak in this weird gibberish language. Um, but her name is Rachel August, and she's only 
been in a short film that won uh, an award in L.A., but this is, um, you know, I think I said early in my other review, uh, my early impressions that, you know, being American, you obviously hear people with an accent and you think to yourself, uh, oh, man, this person sounds really intelligent. Wow, they sound so amazing. But I don't think that's it with Rachel August. I think, as I said before, if you know how to use your voice, that is more important than, uh, you know, pretending to be something. And I think she does this great way of, like I said before, they they believed that they were, uh, the developers really wanted to follow folklore and kind of make it sound like a fairy tale. And everything she reads has this kind of like written, you know, uh, she talks about Ember in the third person. Uh, They were very scared. They did this, they did that. And kind of moves the story along. She does slightly slight things to her voice. I couldn't find information on her. There's very little on IMDb. But I believe she's Irish um, or Scottish. Or she's doing an accent for the project. But it is an amazing juxtaposition of um, her voice and what it gives to the performance and how you feel, you know, even doing this fairy tale read, she's giving sadness to certain creatures or happiness or you know, she does the voice of a toad and slightly changes her voice or this. Basically, it just presents this incredible picture. Now, to be honest, uh, what they were really talking about was death. Like I said, none of them really want to move on. In every area, there's like a safe place that they hide by this, stay by this campfire, not hide. They stay there. Many of them talk about how it's very warm by the fire and they don't want to move on. They want to stay here with their friends. Um, and then you meet the forest king which you find out later, uh, uh, full spoilers, by the way, because I'm, I'm talking about this whole game. You find out the Forest King later is this mechanical thing that one one person like yourself called the Wanderer, who you've seen in the distance, is controlling. And you talk to him, and then he says, you know, I didn't want to move on. And I've kind of lost, um, you know, what do I do? Um, there were so many people, I just wanted to be safe. I didn't want people to be scared. And I just gave up hope. And that's the last puzzle box in the game. You watch him become stone before your eyes. You pat him on the shoulder. And then it goes into a puzzle box. You find his spark. This isn't a new mechanic. Later, or Like different points in the game, you find the spark of a cook who doesn't want to cook anything. It's a turtle. And he's out of his shell. And he uses his shell as like this weird hut, which I really like. This weird tent hut. He's really adorable. You find him some material, the turtle, because he's kind of lost the will to cook. You go through a puzzle box, find his spark, and you actually find some new ingredients for him to use. So he gets very excited about cooking with something different. So it's stuff like that. You do this with the wanderer. You find his spark, basically. And uh, the narrator, uh, Rachel August, is just reading, like narrating while you're doing this, you know, that he wanted to keep his feelings separate. Uh, he didn't want people to get hurt. He was afraid to move on, but uh, he didn't know what to do now. Um, all that kind of stuff is like really, really cool. And it just gives this really melancholy atmosphere to what's going on. I saw, I didn't read any reviews before I did this because I didn't want it to affect my review. But the thing I thought was interesting was people said, this is just a chill puzzle game. And it is. Some of the puzzles are chill. And full disclosure, I did look up some of the puzzles online because. I don't know if you're like me, but if you get to the end of a game or a movie or whatever, like if I'm reading a book, I speed up when I read. If I'm watching a movie, I, you know, my wife and I will maybe say something. If you're home watching a movie, obviously you'll say something back and forth. Oh, this, that's cool, or this is cool. 
But if it gets to the end of a movie and I'm really into it, I get more and more quiet and I lean in. Um, a game, I s skip collectibles and I just want to get to the end, which is what I did with this. I found all the Forlorn just because I was kind of like really close and I think I looked at a walkthrough and like how far I was until the end and I found like the last two forlorn creatures that I was going to find. I found them and did the puzzles and basically found all of them. But there is journal entries that is like this um, um, poem or story that the narrator also reads. And it's really good. Um, but it was hard to find some of the pages and some of the puzzles. Again, when I was getting to the end, I sped up and wanted to finish it. But I think reading the few reviews and stuff that I read about how it's a... Um, a chill game. I, I got the sense that there was more melancholy and a little bit of, uh, well, I hate to quote Smashing Pumpkins, but there was a little bit of, of sadness, melancholy and sadness in the review. Um, you know, the idea of moving on in death and not wanting to let people down. The Wanderer talks about this, and the end is very moving because you take the Wanderer with you and you basically move on and you open the door where the last campfire is and all the forlorn that you save uh, get boats and they meet you uh, it just basically shows you all go to the same campfire. The camera pulls up and you see the sky. And it basically said this is where the forlorn go when they lose their spark, lighting the ways for others uh, so they can move on. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a really amazing game. I, You know, No Man's Sky obviously had its ups and downs, and it was a big AAA release. I played it and bounced off No Man's Sky. But I think stuff like this is important because I remember when this was announced, I was kind of excited because I thought this is an amazing thing for developers to, um, you know, take a chance and do something smaller. They allowed three people in their company, which I don't I don't know how big No Man's Sky is. I know when they were working on or Hello Games, I know when Hello Games was doing No Man's Sky, they were a smaller team. I don't know if they ballooned, if they contracted stuff out, but this does have like a real small field. The credits take a few minutes to go by. There was three main developers. They only had two people QCing. There's three voices. The two male voices pretty much just do a kind of gibberish, you know, through the, you know, while you're talking to them and things like that. And, and I think it just generally gives you this good and sad feeling of, um, you know, for longing, you don't want to move on, you know, like the wonder, but it feels good in the end. In fact, you can tell, um, you can tell the last <clears throat> the spirit at the last campfire, well, the penultimate campfire, you can say, I uh, I don't want to move on, I want to help. So I think mechanically that basically means you can go back and get any collectibles you want to get. But I was kind of ready to move on. I'd found all the forlorn, and um, I don't need to read every diary page. Um, I might later. I might go back and kind of clean things up. But, you know, it, it it's this very fairy tale version of death and moving on, and I thought that was... Uh, different and it gave it a little bit of gravitas and there's some very sad lines like i wrote a couple down here um one of the first forlorn you meet before you move it seems like every time you move to a new area as ember you run into a new creature and one of the things uh, i wrote down that ember says is not all problems are puzzles to be solved and then he moves to a new region then he basically says that uh like the last area he goes to basically says that he could hear singing in the forlorn that was a piece of stone and he says basically that um, you know, this person was everything and nothing at all, and it was basically just a front. Uh, and I think maybe that's a cyclical thing of, like, maybe he'd been through this before, 
or maybe it was somebody who was just sad who said, I don't know, I'm not really sure. But I think it was really important to show that. And again, I don't think this is as chill. Some of the puzzles are pretty rough, too. I looked up some of them because, again, when I was getting towards the end, one, I had to finish this for the podcast, but also um, I just wanted to see what the ending was. So the, the puzzles to me, I mean, I guess really if you wanted to get a review of the puzzle, you should probably go to, like, IGN or GameSpot. A lot of those people reviewed it. I know in Metacritic it's in the mid-'80s. I got it on Apple Arcade because it's included, and uh, I'm paying for Apple Arcade, so why not use the thing that I'm paying for? Uh, is part of my subscription. But, yeah, I definitely, uh, if you can check it out, check it out. I've ruined some of the game, but not all of it. Again, the puzzles are very good. Uh, the real big head scratchers. My wife downloaded it as I was finishing it a few hours ago, and she was very excited about, um, you know, the very excited about playing the game. She's like, wow, it looks really adorable. They do an amazing job of designing pigs this game where they look adorable. They give them little hoodies. Um, and if you think you've seen everything that's cute, wait until you see a pig in a hoodie. Pretty adorable. Um, that's kind of a quick review, but I really think it was a good game. And I, um, I keep hearing the music, too. And um, I, I was going to try to up my production value and like include the music in this review. But uh, I read online that it's kind of iffy if you can use music in your review. If you have rights to it, I don't want to get sued. Um, check out the soundtrack for the last campfire though you can purchase it or you can listen to it on youtube uh i guess it's on a donation system it's on Bandcamp, um and i actually didn't write down the composer but um i keep getting the puzzling there's a every time you go to a puzzle room there's like the same um sound and i keep hearing that in my head every time he he i go into a puzzle or something like that so um yeah, listen to the soundtrack, support the game, and whatever, again, whatever system you have, uh, it's on everything. It's on tablets, it's on phones, uh, it's on Switch. I saw some walkthroughs on the Switch. It looks like it runs pretty well. Um, the game has kind of like a Pixar art, uh, Pixar art style, you know, very whimsical. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's short but sweet. Uh, it was a beautiful game. Thank you, Hello Games. Uh, I'll definitely wait to see if uh, Rachel August does any other voiceover because I definitely want to be there for that. Uh, she has an amazingly, I mean, again, she, her voice is good, but she knows how to use it. And that is more important than just saying something fancy. So, um, short, but sweet this week, guys, uh, next week, I don't really know. I have a couple things, um, in the hopper. It is a holiday, but I think, uh, I don't think I'll have a review ready, but I think I'm going to talk about some grief, gaming and grief news. So, you know. Uh, maybe not so good. Anyway, uh, I think that's it this week, guys. So have a good week. Uh, be safe. But I want to remind you guys before we leave this podcast, we'll hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com. Uh, and Monday morning at 7 a.m., go there, leave a comment, let you know what you think of the show. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Again, let me know what you think of the show, what I can do to improve, how you heard about the show. Or you can go to iTunes or the Google Play Store, subscribe to the podcast. There, it is the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. It is a black, smoky background. You can find it there. Or you can find me on Twitter, at JustLittleJoe. So go to those places, interact with me there. I'll try to get better about, um, you know, uh, basically just promoting myself. So I think that's it. Be safe this week, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye.